1: favorite things that happens during the show is when Fiddy digs a beat and he just starts getting lost in the sauce gives me a stank face, you like this Fiddy little Kendrick Lamar you're going to be an avid listener now after you heard this beat? It ain't bad, dog. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you always laugh when I say dog. I just it makes me laugh. There are some <laughs> things that you do that just make me laugh. You, this is what you want from me, though. You always get mad when I don't laugh at you. Yeah. And now I'm laughing at you. So there you go. 704 570 Let's go to the Garage Door Guru text line on the West and Walker Show. NASCAR Mike, 4243. He said, can the Panthers just tell the Texans who they're taking? So, yeah, people are just over it now. They just want to know enough with the charade. Just tell me who the number one pick is going to be. 704 number said, do you all think that the Panthers will go through the draft to get an edge rusher or through free agency? Because there are a decent amount left, he said, and there's enough cap space left. So I would say more so in the draft. I think that could be a guy I maybe for me, you're going to stay tuned and find out. But maybe there could be a defensive end or an edge rusher, a part of the prospect duels. I don't know about Wes. Don't know his blind resume. We're going to make that tweak. But yeah, what do you think? Do you think through the draft they'd most likely get an edge rusher compared to free agency?
2: I think that'll be part of the selection process. Yes, I do.
1: All right. We're talking about best Duke teams of all time. Blue Devil Deacon, when we were discussing, could this upcoming team be among the best that we've seen? I don't know what that is defined by. Top five, top ten, whatever. Blue Devil Deacon said, "2011 Duke team is better. 2004 Duke team is better. 2001, 1999, 1992." Well, we did
2: say among the best. We didn't 1994. say
1: the best. I'm asking you, yeah, but we and I even put that caveat. However, you want to define it. So yeah. whatever you want, you want to go top ten, something like that, like top, whatever, right? Because they've that was my point too, is that they've had. A lot of really good teams, no doubt about it. I mean, crazy talented squads. I wouldn't have any. I wouldn't have any debate about any of those teams that he just mentioned. What about you, Fiddy, the ACC basketball historian that you are? What would you put your uh, faith in this team as far as comparing with some of the best Blue Devil squads?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, 2011, they went where'd they lose? Was that the second round that they got beaten or maybe the sweet 16? Well, they won in 2010. Yeah, they won in 2010. So I'd probably say on paper, this team, this Duke team would be better. The reason why they're not going to get the hype, no matter what, is because coach K is no longer on the sidelines and that stuff matters. Like if coach K was still there, I guarantee you the Duke propaganda machine that is ESPN would tell us <laughs> all preseason long. This team has got a chance to go 40 and oh and all this type of stuff. So I wouldn't think best case scenario. This might be the fifth best team that I that that I would ever watch Duke put on the court in my lifetime.
1: I mean, that's still pretty high. Right that's that's, that's very high. The fifth best team. So yeah, that's even higher than I would think. Myron Goodman, he got a good old Duke jab in there. He said, "Do you mean flop Alski?" You gonna give us something? No. Okay, there we go. We hmm. wanted to give you the bell, Myron. I was just waiting for it. And then final one, 704 said, Fitty, have you given up on the Mets yet? Braves haven't given a large cushion this year, and I don't think they are going to let up. Why don't you give us some baseball analysis on your Mets, Fiddy?"
3: Uh It's April 19th. I'm not Willie P. I'll give up on September 19th. But these Braves, I've watched them a lot this year. That offense is damn good, so it's 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 going to come down to those two teams in September battling up. but no, I haven't quit on them yet.
1: <laughs> okay, I was going to say yeah, that'd be a little too early. Let's go to Bryce Young. some more conversation about the Alabama QB most likely going to be the top QB. All signs are pointing towards him being the first overall selection for the Carolina Panthers. And we know that this is a guy that doesn't have the elite physical traits. Don't know if he's even in like a tier two when it comes to physical traits, but we do know that he is an elite processor. He was the top S2 test getter. In this process and beyond, he had the highest S two test we've ever seen from any prospect taking that sort of uh, that sort of contest. And so, let me ask you this, Wes, When you talk about him, not only the cerebral part of the game, which is what is most coveted from him, but this guy is also very pedigreed. To put your word into it, he does have a nice pedigree of someone that has checked all of the boxes throughout his career, growing up not only from high school and then having that success in college, how much do you think that matters to him also succeeding in the NFL?
2: Oh, I think it matters because for the first time, the Panthers are going to get the type of quarterback prospect. We know Cam Newton went number one. We know he, went, he won the Heisman. Coming out of high school, yes, he was a top prospect, but this guy was the top prospect of his class. And so when I'm talking about his pedigree, the fact that he was the number one player coming out of high school, the fact that he went to Alabama and won the Heisman, then now was moving on to the NFL and going to be the number one pick. The Panthers have not had a guy like that. Of course, they're NFL players, of course, everybody was good in high school, but this guy was at the top of the top and he's always been that way. And so I say that to say that's a great, that's a great tangible or a great intangible to have as far as mentality goes because... You build a confidence over time. You build calluses to things people say because you're used to being dissected. You're used to being put at the forefront of things. I mean, I know it's high school, but when you go back and just look at some of the things, his senior year, he threw 58 touchdowns. He had 10 more touchdowns. So he had uh, running. So he had 68 total touchdowns and only six interceptions in his senior year, playing for. Uh, Matter Day out in California, that's one of the best high schools in the entire country. And they play nothing but a big dog schedule. And then the year before that, he went 41 touchdowns as a sophomore to three picks, man. And then he had 39 touchdowns as a junior. But the the touchdown-to-interception ratio is insane. And like I said, you try to say, oh, it's just high school. But then you go look at what he did. At Alabama, and it was just more of the same. The guy just continued to put up gaudy numbers no matter which receivers you put out there. He goes 47-7 to 7, that Heisman Trophy year, TD to INT, and then 32-5 to 5 that last year, man. And I, I'm a firm believer that traits from college carry over to the pros. This is not a high turnover quarterback. I don't think you're going to get a lot of turnovers out of Bryce Young. But again, yeah. like I said, the pedigree. It's just there, man. This is the guy that's always been the guy. He knows he's the guy. He plays like the guy.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a good point about the turnovers. What do we expect his first season in the NFL? Probably not gaudy passing numbers. I don't know if the weapons are good enough for you to put up the gaudy passing numbers. I think it's going to be just fine. Like, I want something from the first overall pick. We kind of gave... A yardage goal for him around thirty eight hundred, something like that. If you are if you are a first overall selection, I want you to perform better than some of the other first round guys that come in, and then maybe eventually get past four thousand every single career or every single season. A Justin Herbert level would be hard. Like that's I don't know if I want you if I am expecting you to hit the one hundredth percentile as far as how rookies could come in and reach that kind of mark. What Herbert did was incredible. What Cam Newton did. You know, coming in and throwing for over four thousand his first season, Andrew Luck would do it the 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 following season as a first overall pick as well. I'd be cool with a number approaching something like thirty eight hundred. And also, we kind of expect this team to be a run first team anyway, right? Do we expect this team to be a rush to have a rushing identity offensively, and then having Bryce Young maybe play action off of that? Frank Reich, Thomas Brown putting Bryce Young in the correct situations to where we're not having this air raid offense, but they can have the pass as a, as a nice thing to fall back on. I expect it to still have a rushing identity.
2: I think it will. And I think it will early in games, but I think this is a Panthers team that will probably find itself having to come back uh, in their share of fourth quarter. So I think that in second half of the games, Bryce is probably going to have to put it up just by necessity and so I think that will inflate the numbers a little bit more, too.
1: So now you have Bryce Young in the backfield. We've talked about how short he is at nauseam. They already drafted a shorter quarterback in Matt Corral. <laughs> so Matt Corral is also someone that during the offseason, even going back to last year, right? There are plenty of Corral fans out there in Panthers land that always say, hey, you don't need to draft a QB number nine overall. Even before they had the ninth overall selection, there were plenty of people saying, hey, why don't we just give Matt Corral a shot? Now that's gone to the wayside because we know the Panthers traded up to number one, clearly, to go get their QB. Do you think Matt Corral got a raw deal out of all of this? Or do you think that the Panthers could trade him, get something somewhat valuable in return, and then maybe he could go uh, live his NFL career elsewhere and still have a shot?
2: I think uh, the injury definitely hurt him a lot. Not to say that I think that this guy's going to be an NFL stud, but just the fact that he got hurt. And then the Panthers situation ended up being that they got the number nine selection. They thought quarterback was a priority because at this point they don't know what they're going to get out of Matt Corral. Now they've seen enough from him early on in the training camps and some of the preseason, but they really haven't gotten to see him in game action in that respect and to see how much he could improve from year one to year two. So, I guess in a way you could, but to think that, that we really think that he would be good enough that the Panthers would not think about taking a quarterback with a top 10 selection, yeah, never that. I would gamble on the side of no. I mean, we never know in the NFL. We see quarterbacks from all walks of the draft end up becoming studs. We just hadn't seen enough, didn't get to see enough from him because of his injury situation. I mean, what do fans really expect the Panthers to do? You can't wait and hope and see on a guy when a quarterback class is this stocked with prospects you couldn't you couldn't really expect ideally for the Panthers to say no we'll wait and see what Matt Corral has coming off of injury this season and then think about quarterback the next year that's just unrealistic
1: oh yeah and I was I was always team draft a QB right like (laughs) It, to me, it would be honestly, it'd be profoundly stupid to pass on a QB no matter where you were selecting just because you had Matt Corral on the roster. I mean, with with that being the sole reason, uh, we already have Matt Corral, we'll pass on this guy who we believe in, but Matt Corral's on the roster, we're good. I mean, are you serious? You're, you're going to pass up on a guy that could be very good in the draft, and, and maybe Corral's good, who knows? But. I'm also not going to have him on the roster solely predict me not, or solely affect me not getting another passer. And clearly Carolina wanted to go get another one where they traded up a lot to go to number one overall, because they didn't feel good about getting their guy at number nine. They were going to select a QB at number nine overall. And now they feel good enough um, to get their QB because they gave up all of those assets to go get him. And, and this is somebody that Scott Fitter talked about yesterday. Matt Corral has put on 15 pounds and he's ready to compete for a roster spot with the Panthers. And Scott Fritterer said, quote, there's nothing promised to anyone. You get what you earn. And so we've seen the trade to number one, where they are going to draft a QB. They They also signed Andy Dalton, who is going to be the backup quarterback. So mentor, still a, a good player to have on the roster for whatever the number one overall selection is going to be. And they do have Jacob Eason. So I don't <sighs> know if he would pass Matt Corral, But I think Jacob Eason could be somewhat interesting because I wonder if they trade Matt Corral, right? Is there another team that liked him in the draft process last year? They have more of an open QB room. They give up a later draft pick. Panthers try to capitalize on that. I think Corral would be... Uh, uh, higher on the depth chart than Jacob Eason, but maybe they do decide to keep three QBs, especially with all the injuries they had last year, and then they just trade Corral because he's more coveted.
2: I mean, if he's put on 15 pounds, and you're looking at him being now 6'2", 227, I mean, that's that's pretty good size, but Corral? Yes, but we'll see what he does coming into training camp. I mean, that's what it's going to be all about. Is he good enough uh, to come in there and ball out? I think the, the ceiling for him would be he's so good that I don't know how Andy Dalton's contract is structured or whatnot that he ends up being the backup and then the Panthers do something with Andy Dalton. I mean, I, to me, that's the ceiling for him, because at this point, you're not going to start for the Panthers. And then I think uh, the floor would be like you said, if he can't beat out Jacob Easton, then, yeah, it might be uh, time to break out the high school <laughs> coaching hat.
1: Jacob Easton, the only thing I would ever see about him is that he's tall. Everybody's like, okay, he's, he's talking about a pedigree
2: guy. He was highly touted coming out of high school. Yeah. Big arm.
1: B- big arm. Yeah. Tall. <laughs> he's really tall. He's 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 taller than everybody else. That's all I remember everybody talking about him when they actually acquired him. All right, let's talk a little bit more, Carolina, as the show goes on. We also have the Athletics NBA player poll where players in the NBA – Did not think very highly about the Spectrum Center. We can explain that on the other side of the break. It's Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Let's go.
2: What's going on, Queen City? We are back. This is the West and Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7. WFNZ the WFNZ draft party is back and this time it's in the home of Panther great Thomas Davis join the entire WFNZ crew next Thursday April 27th at 10 58 sports bar and lounge from 5 to 9 to watch as the Panthers select the new face of their franchise Hear the guys react to everything on draft night and check the great prizes food and drink specials and watch the entire draft on multiple big screen TVs. It's the 2023 WFNZ Draft Party from 1058 Sports Bar and Lounge at 430 West 4th Street, just across from Truist Field. The Panthers are on the clock and we have you covered on the official home of the Charlotte Sports Fans Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. That should be uh, a good time right there. I've seen some pictures of 1058. It looks pretty good. I have not been in there yet. I am
1: excited to go. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to speak for everybody else, but... A lot of people from the station going to this. If I'm not, Fiddy, I know you're a little bit more. Plugged is it in voluntary or mandatory? To whatever. I don't know what it is. Well, I your mean, I'm the
3: promo, yes. <laughs> Does that make a
1: difference? Does that make a difference whether it's mandatory or voluntary, whether you'll be there or are you going? It doesn't matter. I mean, it makes a difference
2: in a way, but I'm going.
1: Okay. Okay. So it doesn't make a difference for you. Like, no. you're going no matter what. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I think everybody, for the most part, is going to be there. Well, so, fine. yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. I hope the parking isn't too crazy. More importantly, I mean, it's just uptown parking. You know what it is. I mean, that's because uptown's gonna be jumping that night, uh, but but it's gonna be fun. There's nothing bad about going uptown, going to our draft party. I don't <laughs> no, know it's gonna I, be yeah. fun. I'm going with yeah. But okay, like I so said, so
2: parking uptown.
1: Yeah, a uh, bagel guy asked if Walker's gonna be out there drinking a truly no, I don't drink seltzers, man. I don't uh, he'll drink about eight beers. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I could if you especially
3: want, especially if they're free.
1: And that a uh, Thursday. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing that on a Thursday. If it was a Friday, though, then yeah, I would be I'd Dude, be drinking. you were putting beer.
3: them down at the alehouse House when we went out for the Sweet 16. <laughs> See, this is what you're going to say,
1: and then you're going to get it twisted out here <laughs> in the streets, but also where Boss Man is listening. That is not true. I had two beers. Where Did you have—you had some at the
2: Carolina Ale House when we went the second time. You know he's trying to get that get-back for you outing him yesterday.
3: Oh, yeah, I'm still butthurt about that. Well, about Major League? Hey, look, man. And Bear You know— <laughs> I forgot about barracuda. I just, I'm not, I'm not a believer in outing other people. But oh,
1: you are the That's just not my mo.
3: I did get excited this morning for us, Wes. You and I are big chicken wing guys. Yes. And Bone was raving about the wing menu, so I feel like we're going to be going through copious amounts of chicken wings while we're out here celebrating the next franchise quarterback of the Panthers.
2: All right. I like that, too, man. TD's a southern guy, so I would expect the wing menu to be fine. I've heard great things,
1: too. Like, I have a couple friends that lived right there. They've moved since then, but they loved going down to 1058. Awesome. So, I'm excited because I've heard – Such good things.
2: Well, hopefully, like I said, the fans will be uh, excited about it and come out to that party because, according to an NBA players poll from The Athletic, Hornets fans are not very excited as they were voted the worst fans in the NBA talking about how quiet the Spectrum Center is. And so uh, I said in our story that you can catch on the WFNZ stories and on my stories on Instagram, WestGuyRange704, that – the Hornet Stadium, when I did the 41 games last year as a part of the the TV crew, man, it was – the the thing about it is it's not a raucous environment where it's intimidating. And I know this also is a Wake Forest fan because Wake Forest is not very intimidating. Mm -hmm. But what's your opinion on the Hornets fans uh, getting this dubious honor Uh, in your opinion? Because this year, do you kind of give them a mulligan because of everything that happened? But then Mm. I just think overall, Spectrum Center is just not a very intimidating place. Look, you're going, (laughs) look at some of the teams that are up here,
1: right? Detroit. How good is Detroit? Not very good. They're going to be picking in the top four most likely this year. You got Washington. Washington who has lived in mediocrity for God knows how long. Yes. You have the Jazz, where the Jazz were a pleasant surprise, but with Boston and Utah being up here, I think the definition of worst fans got twisted, where at first you have all of the fans that aren't as raucous, as you put it. Right, where you have quiet arenas. But then you get to Utah and Boston. I think that interpretation of the rule was who are the worst fans with what they're yelling at you as you're playing on the court. Because then Boston also, when it was not only it was the exact opposite, right? What arena has the worst fans? The other question was what arena has the best fans? Boston's number one. Worst fans, Boston is number five. So the definition got twisted. Absolutely, I get It's not the fans fault here. It's not. I mean, what do you? You haven't won a playoff series in over 20 years. The Hornets have not had a playoff appearance since 2016, 2017. That was the most exciting playoff appearance that we've had since the new iteration of professional basketball here in Charlotte where they took the Miami Heat to seven games. So if you have over two decades where you don't have a playoff series win, you also have to take into consideration the team was taken away from the fan base when they were going to the Coliseum every single night. And so you have so many different things working against this fan base that could be fixed by winning. And even last year, I know you had your experience there last year, Wes, mm-hmm. but last year, as far as the sellout crowd goes, it was not, I, I don't think it was towards the bottom of attendance and you could hear it get pretty loud in some of the more exciting games. But then in the second half of the season, they start to be play inbound and then they lose by over 20 points to the Atlanta Hawks this year, no LaMelo ball, And then he finally comes back and forth, backs and forth, only plays 36 games. Terry Rozier's hurt. Gordon Hayward's hurt. You're out your top eight guys in the last 10 games of the season. What is there to sell? How in the world would you expect a fan base to go in and get excited for the Hornets at the Spectrum Center? Man, it's been 20 years of this. We had to go through the Bobcats era. They quite literally posted a season with the worst winning percentage in NBA history, and they haven't won a playoff series since. Yeah, I'm not blaming the fans at all, and I understand why the
2: Spectrum Center might not be rocking for a team that had the fourth worst record in the league this year. All right, so when the Hornets came in, 1988-1989 inaugural season, they went to the playoffs three of the first nine years, mm-hmm. but they also had the best attendance in eight of the first nine seasons. Now, what do you say to that? Because that was the thing I was thinking of. I was putting it in the context of, Yes, they got the worst fans this year. I'm giving them a mulligan for this year. But for the most part, just even as of recent, when you talk about no matter which season you pick and even the last times they've been to the playoffs, it's just not the fan base. It's not like it was. Yeah. No, I I know. So why do you think that might be? Because they don't win. But I, I'm just saying even so in the years that. that they do make the playoffs, like this is still not – a place where people fear coming in and playing because there are some franchises that win or lose, you still go in there and you still get the intimidation factor because the crowd's going to be there. They're going to be raucous because that's the thing I thought about when you say Utah, I'm like, okay, well maybe this year or the year before, but when they were popping, that was a very hard place to come in. But play. but it does. So this, all right, let me give you who were voted as the best
1: fans, the arena that has the best fans, Boston, a favorite to win a title this year, Kings. Now the Sacramento Kings could be your example, but they've been so starved for any kind of playoff experience as well. They got to the three seed. So the the real question could be, does Charlotte have a possibility to become what Sacramento is after there were so many bad arenas or excuse me, so many bad years for Sacramento, that would be the comparison, but you have golden state, a dynasty is third you have New York, who plays at the Mecca, the best arena of all time. New York fans, top market in the NBA. Philadelphia, we know how celebrated their passion is. Oklahoma City, they've always had a, a very nice fan base, too. Now they've had to they've started to tank a little bit here recently, but they have history. They've been to an NBA Finals. I mean, you go back to the first iteration of the basketball team, the fans loved it. There there are so many different things at play as mm-hmm. to why there is not a passionate fan base right now. I I do think last year, I'll say this. I think last year fans did show that they will show up and they'll be loud when it's called for, but it's not even like last year's record was good. They were 10th in the East. They got beat down against the Hawks in the play in game. And so when they were winning, they did get up to number four in the regular season at some point. And I think then when I was going to the Hornets games as well, it felt louder than usual. Now it's not going to compete with any of these other arenas for sure, But it's all about the institutional
2: losing that is within the Hornets organization right now. That's the biggest reason. All right. Well, one of the guys that will be playing for the Hornets potentially next season will be Miles Bridges. And he posted a workout video on his Instagram uh, yesterday that I happened to catch. Uh, Fitty, can we get the uh, foul line out, please? Is that possible? Can we fire that up?
1: It's very... Okay, I, I'm we're, we're revving into something here. It's uh, you hit Fiddy over the face with this. We got we got you. All right, let's. I just let's won, get If
2: it's not available, then it's just not available.
1: They'll well, look at this to see whether this is a here. flagrant.
2: Man, that was scary. I don't even I don't even know if I want to see that again.
1: You've got to think that's going to be a flagrant.
2: The question is, is it a one or a two? Miles Bridges, where do we begin? We just talked about the other day, the despicable acts that he committed and the potential that he could be back with this franchise. And then to borrow from Stephen A. Smith, the unmitigated gall for him to go on and post workout videos and Hornus paraphernalia and to be on there doing all these moves after what you've been accused of and what happened. No, not even what you've been accused of, you played no contest to. But that's not even why I'm angry. I'm angry at the comments. I go through the comments, oh my goodness, the support. Oh, King, we we ready to see you back. Oh, that's what we talking about. Oh, this is what the NBA's been missing. You should be ashamed of yourself up there talking about that. Did you not see any of the videos, any of the blurbs? It's ridiculous supporting somebody in the wrong like that and getting on there acting like he's just the greatest thing since sliced bread, had me ready to jump out of my seat, throw my phone, and get off social media for good. You can't be serious right now. And for one, he needs to just lay low until he gets an NBA deal and come back in the league quietly. I don't want to see Instagram posts of you on there donking and having a good time as if nothing happened. That's it. Yeah, DJ Skinner wrote in
1: on the text line, good Lord, what should he do? I mean, it's pretty easy to not post that video of hype, getting ready, I'm coming back. I mean, it's pretty easy to not post it. Right? It's not, this is not one of the things where there's nothing else that he could do. He has to release this video. Exactly. I I mean, it's pretty easy to not post it. And I think it was kind of tone deaf as well, man. Don't you want this? Look, man, I guess if you're Miles Bridges and you post this, I understand that you're trying to move on as gross as it may be. I understand you're trying to move on. Okay, cool. I figured that you would lay low a little bit longer than this. Seriously, Before you decided to post this type and of video. And then the comments, music man, the it was background. just disgusting. Well, yeah, the comments are always going to be bad. I'll tell you when we do the lockdown Hornets episodes on miles bridges, uh, the YouTube comment section is a different type of beast. <laughs> there, it is high in volume. It is high in vitriol, both within the YouTube comment section. And I'm sure we're about to get quite a few texts that don't agree with your foul line. Let's do it. That's fine. But it's ridiculous,
2: man. Just I mean, like I said. All right. So moving on from that. Okay. (laughs) Steve Clifford, head coach, made both lists for coach that people would least and most want to play for. What do you think about that?
1: I think Steve Clifford is the kind of guy that I'm not surprised about this. You've heard Kimba Walker speak glowingly about Steve Clifford. Dennis Smith Jr., goodness gracious. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. thinks Steve Clifford is like the best thing ever. You talk about since sliced bread. That's Steve Clifford to him. And it's been awesome to see that relationship develop. But also, Steve Clifford is a demanding guy, right? I mean, part of the reason that Kimba loves him so much is because Steve made him stick to a new shot form that eventually helped him alongside the help of Bruce Kreitzer, by the way. But with both of those guys really helping Kemba, uh, change his game, at least with his form, and and you know, there's the famous story, I'm not speaking well about this, but there's the famous story, right, where Kemba goes into the office with Steve Clifford, he's frustrated, he's not hitting with his newfound form that Bruce Kreitzer and Mark Price there as well that are trying to ingrain within him and he's saying, look man, I gotta go back to the old form, I, it's just not working for me and Steve Clifford very simply said in this Zach Lowe story, okay, that's fine, you know, you'll, you'll never reach an all-star team and then you can go back to this and you can keep playing the way that you have and if that's okay with you, then I, I can't make you care about anything else. And that really spoke to Kimba. He stuck with it, and eventually, during that time, became one of the better outside threats in the NBA, especially with the basketball in his hands. He's very demanding. He's demanding of a P.J. Washington defensively. He's demanding of Mark Williams, too. Like This is the reputation that he gains of not playing some of these first-year guys. Well, he played Bryce McGowans because Bryce McGowans impressed him, and he did what he was told. He loves JT Thor, who's a younger player. So I could see this, right? It's both sides of the coin with Steve Clifford. He's demanding, but if you buy in, you're probably going to love him. If you don't, Steve Clifford's not going to give in, so you're probably going to dislike him. I'm not surprised at all that he's on both of these lists.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's crazy to me, but like I said, a lot of these players today, they don't want too many coaches that's going to get on them like that and be demanding of them, but that's what uh, a lot of them need. So uh, real quick, your thoughts on Greg Popovich being the coach that people would most want to play for. Were you surprised by that? Because he's very demanding and, and rough on players too. So oh, and
1: I, I, you've heard the Steven Jackson stuff about how he doesn't love Greg Popovich, but ultimately it's going to come down to what a lot of these questions come down to Wes, who has done the most winning in the NBA? Greg Popovich has done the most winning. You could put Steve Kerr up there as well with his being the head coach of the dynasty that is Golden State, but Pop has five rings with the Spurs. And so, okay, he's got the most rings. Maybe that's the guy that you want to play for most. Winning is going to dictate a lot of how you answer some of these questions in the players. Yeah,
2: because I listened to Hito Turkoglu on uh, Knuckleheads Podcast too, and he was talking about how rough uh, Popovich was on him when he first got there.
1: Manu... Yeah. You know, and, and again, with, with Steven, Stephen Jackson was he doesn't like Tony Parker. Like there's a couple of those things from Steven Jackson, not exactly loving the way Popovich coaches. But again, there's a lot of people that haven't played for him. Maybe don't know that side, but you see the five rings. You're like, all right, I'd like to see what this guy's about.
2: Would you uh, like to play for Fitty as a head coach? Oh,
1: uh, man. Multiple championships. The Greg Popovich of the 50 flash. I think Fitty is is certainly someone I'd like to play for.
2: Yeah, I think stylistically, I don't think he and I are fit because he doesn't like <laughs> cosmetics and to the baseline. hair and stuff like that. So I don't think we can get with that. But give us that second Fitty flash of the day, baby.
3: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get your thoughts about Draymond Green, then throw it back to me. I have an update about the Wells Fargo Championship. Yes, sir. Late last night, in the NBA. Decided to suspend Draymond for stepping on DeMontis Sabonis at the end of Game 2, citing his past actions as the main cause for this suspension. Do you guys agree or disagree with Draymond being suspended in another playoff series?
2: Uh, I agree with it, even though I like kind of the bad guy being in the NBA because the NBA can be a bit too nice at times. But just off the action alone, his past transgressions, it was it was pretty blatant because he could have gotten out of uh, Sabonis holding his leg without doing that. He, you just got to be sneaky about it, Draymond. I've done a few dirty things during sports. You got to be sneaky.
1: Uh, look, this is this one's tough for me to answer. I think I would err on the side of not suspending him, honestly. I, I understand the reputation, and that is the task at hand for Draymond Green because of the reputation you have have, you're going to operate under different rules than everyone else, and that has been your M.O., so you got to live with it. But I just can't look at that specific incident and think, oh yeah, that calls for not only an ejection, but also for you to miss another game on top of that. The incident itself doesn't seem like it should call for an ejection, especially in a game three. I think it's overboard, but I understand the NBA's thinking on this because of who Draymond is as a dude.
2: All right, Biddy, you got some more news for us? Yeah,
3: we've been promoting a the wells fargo championship will be in charlotte may 1st through the 7th we already know that roy mcelroy will be a part of this event today jason day and ricky fowler two other prominent names on the pga tour have announced that they will be competing in this event as well so as as is usual it's going to be a star-studded wells fargo championship when it returns uh
2: later this year all right so when we come back on the west and walker show the brother Sophia Fizzle, I think I should call it Fiddy's favorite when we return. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips.
1: Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you hopping on with us. Fiddy's favorites. Then one more hour to go after that, talking more about the Panthers. Number one overall pick. We have a QB traits draft coming up. And also the prospect duel. I got mine locked in. Wes has his. Do you think you're going to win today? you yeah. think you're going to beat me? Mm -hmm. unable to with me being Josh Downs yesterday, Mm -hmm. you were Trenton Simpson. Now we have taken, Brian advised this on the text line. We appreciate his input. I know you had talked about this as well. Doing a blind resume. So we're going to alter it just a little bit. We'll do the blind resume. We'll still still do role play. But the blind resume, you're not going to have the idea of who it is until after we're all done with all the stats and yada yada. So you'll just have to stick around at 2 p.m. But time now for what Wes called Fire Fizzle's brother. With the Fiddy's favorites, we're going to do most hated TV characters of all time. This is the exact opposite of what The Morning Show did. They had a draft surrounding the best TV characters of all time. So normally, if we can take something positive and turn it into a negative, we give it to Fiddy and make it his own. So, Fitty, I give to you number five, the most hated TV character of all time for you. Who is it?
3: All right. Hopefully, because... Y'all kind of know the list. Y'all haven't watched some of the shows I've watched. Hopefully the text line really gives some good feedback on this. Number five for me, we go to Parks and Rec. A really good show. It's not great, but it's not bad. But Jeremy Jam. Jeremy Jam is to Pawnee what I am to hear. He is... Uh, <laughs> so
1: you hate yourself a little yes,
3: bit? Yes. I mean, okay. but it's like over-the-top, annoying Um, And first off, like, Jeremy Jam is just a bad name. I kind of like it. uh, I mean, you
1: would. Yeah. Look, I I don't know what that means, but it's true. I would. I do like it.
3: You know, I just encourage you to watch the show because I feel like you would come back and be like... Jeremy Jam. Screw that guy. Him or Mark Brandanowitz,
1: who's also in that show? Most people, yeah, most people hate on me for this show having not seen it more than anything. That could be my major league equivalent. I have not seen Parks and Rec. People destroy me for having not seen Parks and Rec. And so that is the one. Now we're on equal playing ground. Have you ever seen
2: Parks and Rec, Wes? Uh, I'm not. I'm familiar with it, but I've not.
1: Okay. So we don't have anything on Councilman Jeremy Jam, as I see here, at least writing that.
2: I didn't know hardly any of these guys he picked.
1: Okay,
3: yeah, there's. You don't more. know
2: any of these? Okay, oh, you've never seen. You seen The Office, West? I've seen it, and I saw the guy that you picked, but just saying that, I wasn't that familiar with this guy. Uh, um, Wolfpack James, I'm just gonna say, very good
1: guess. You'll have to stick around to see where exactly that character is on the list, but very good guess. Let's move on to number four. Yeah, number four, we go to a show that I'm pushing my
3: roommate and I to watch next in the Sopranos. This, this guy, Richie. And Richie gets, uh, let's just say Richie gets killed in a very pleasant way to watch. But this guy Spoiler. one time showed up. <laughs> At a dude's uh, pizza restaurant and bashed in his head with, like, a blender. Oh. I mean, just... Except scum- you liked it. Uh, I mean, it, it was pretty graphic. He actually beat the guy so bad he got put in a, a wheelchair permanently in the show. Mm. Um, just scum That's of the dark. earth. He marries Tony's uh, sister, Janice. And Janice also om- almost made the list because she's she's a terrible human being as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I encourage you guys to watch The Sopranos. Uh,
1: 704 said, Wow, Fitty, this is one of your all-time horrible takes. Jam is absolutely hilarious, and Parks and Rec is the greatest sitcom of all time. But honestly, this makes sense, given you think Friends is a good show. 704 just <laughs> taking you to the woodshed with that take. <laughs> yeah, by gum, what that 704 number? <laughs> I've not seen Sopranos either. There are, There are three shows, I think, I get killed for most. It's The Wire, which I haven't seen. Mm. It's The Sopranos, which I haven't seen. And then as far as sitcoms go, Parks and, Weck, uh, Parks and Rec. <laughs> Always Sunny in Philadelphia also gets me in trouble, too. Nah, I that
3: I tried it by the middle of season four. I was done.
1: Copeland said Parks, is, and, Parks and Rec is 10 times better than The Office. <laughs> it's tough to beat, man. Yeah. I, I know those All are right. often compared. I have a hard time believing that. All right, what's number three? Number three...
3: We go to Game of Thrones and Ramsey Bolton. And the best part about it is the actor did such a great job portraying this guy that it was so easy to hate him. Uh, and he actually gets killed when uh, Sansa feeds him
1: to his dogs. All sorts of spoilers today. Yeah. But okay.
3: um, <laughs> God, I, I'm going to tell you, when I watched him, and, and the show does a pretty good job of... They show the dog take the first bite of, it, and then you just hear it. Yeah, I'm good on this. Oh, man. it's oh, it was it was fantastic. I, it was a little bit more like
1: <laughs> <laughs> excellent sound effects yeah. from both of you. Um, on that. so he's number two, he's number three. Number two. I haven't seen Game of Thrones either, by the way. Game of Thrones is fantastic. It's that's, the best fantasy right. show I've ever seen. In I my guess life. I I guess I live under a rock. Yeah. Apparently.
3: Uh, right, go ahead. Number two, Walker. This might effectively end our relationship, friendship. Because um, I asked you if you got a lot of gay from the offices, or from the office references, and you immediately said no. Yeah, I'm not getting, no, you are
1: not about to compare. But me there's, to Gabe. A, there's
3: a lot of, like, in terms of y'all's physical appearance, he was tall, you're tall, so he was very Jim.
1: skinny. So is Jim.
3: You, you know, he's skinny.
1: So is Jim.
3: He makes a comment that people love to hug him. He's an excellent hugger and I could see you saying that while you're trying to pick up a woman at a bar. You don't think I would say that.
2: You know, <laughs> you, you I know don't did, think Walker
1: yeah, would say you know, that. You don't see enough emotional depth from me to be able to say that. <laughs> it's the exact opposite that I would say that. So go ahead. Gabe is the, the, is the second worst character of all time.
3: Yeah, you've seen The Office, so what yeah.
1: about Gabe? No, this is a bad. You're, you're right on this. He's an awful character. I, I think he plays his awful character, well, though that that character is designed for you to hate that person. Yeah, whenever and they do he, it really well.
3: Whenever he's dating, oh God, what's her name?
1: I just watched the show last night oh, and I can't remember goodness. it. Anyway, the receptionist.
3: Yes, whenever he's dating the receptionist, he might be the worst boyfriend in TV history. Right?
1: Well, and plus the horror films. The <laughs> that's the funniest part. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff about him that's hilarious, and yeah, I totally agree with this, Aaron. That's right. Aaron, thank you. But yeah, Gabe is awful for sure, so he should be second on this list. Have you seen any of these shows, Wes, that no. he has? Okay, so a very, very different list. We can't have a whole lot of interaction. Wes just taking this but one But we out.
2: can talk about some hated TV characters because I have a couple of those.
1: Okay, we can as soon as he gives us number one yes. on the list. Two people, two, have guessed this correctly. Go ahead and give us number one.
3: Yeah, no, the number one most hated TV character of all time is... Uh, It's Joffrey Baratheon. When he... And look, I don't care if I spoil it. If y'all watch it, I don't care. (laughs) Watching that man die. I've watched him die four times. Nothing has... Nothing has pleased me as much in TV history as watching this guy die.
1: Because he deserves death. I I think so. Not only have two, but three got it right. Bagel guy just wrote in. Ramsey over King Joffrey. That was with a a few question marks. But no, you got it right. From the GOT fans on the text line, they all agree with you 100% on your list of here with these uh, most hated characters.
3: His backlash for how bad of a character he was actually forced the actor to temporarily quit acting. (laughs)
1: <laughs> because it
3: was, I mean, what shows you just how damn good he is at acting. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm telling you, this guy, I mean, this guy's just scum.
1: All right, let's go to the next hour. We'll come back. We'll give you some of our most hated characters of all time. Wes has been thinking of some characters. I've got a few as well. And you can text us, 704-570-9610. And then after we tell you our most hated characters of all time in TV history, it'll be time for the prospect duels. All still to come on Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.